Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on a Thursday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. Trent Condon, Ken Miller, we're with you here for a couple of hours as we talk sports with you. BMW of Des Moines guest list, it looks like this this morning. In about 10 minutes, we are going to be joined by the new radio voice of the Minnesota Wild, Joe O'Donnell, has been promoted to the show. Got the call. After auditioning at various points throughout the last couple of years, Joe O'Donnell named the radio voice KFAN, our sister station, also the flagship for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, That's where Joe will be heard. Uh, Minnesota Wild, he'll do 41 games on the road, and I think I saw 20 or 21 home games. Won't get the entire slate as the uh, guy that's called games forever up there. He's in his mid-70s now, transitions towards retirement, but instead of just um, walking out the door, making it final, he's going to do a few uh, games just to keep his toe in the water. I totally understand that. You get that. (laughs) Yes, I do. And you young guns can wait. (laughs) Not that young anymore. Well, you 40-somethings can wait for us old guys to make our decision when we want it to be final. But Joe, good for him. Absolutely a guy that deserves it. Oh, uh, root for these kind of people, right? Put in the work and just a good person. Yeah, it, it, well said. He put in the work and he's a really good guy. And uh, he'll do that job very well and he will do the organization proud. So good for Joe O'Donnell. So I took a peek at the schedule here. So did I. What were you looking for? Well, early in the season, what are you doing on October 19th? It's a Tuesday. Show gets over at noon. Max, no, Max won't be starting. No. I don't know. What do you what's what's going on? The Winnipeg Jets play in oh, St. Paul at the Excel Center. I have never been to the Excel Center for I hockey. I haven't either. I haven't either. I've never been to the, home the, of car. the Jets. Hop in the car? It's it's certainly uh worth You and I can take our first road trip ever? It's certainly something, yeah. I mean, two weeks later I'm going to Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna drive to the Peg. I my mom passed in May and you know, I couldn't go to the funeral, and I want to get up there and pay my respects and see her final resting place. So I'm going to do that. It just so happens the Jets are in town. Right. Um, maybe. It's a strong maybe. That's a definite maybe. There'll be playoff baseball going on, mm-hmm. but we'll be all right. Okay. We'll right. have an experience. We could talk about that on Wednesday when we get uh-huh. back. All right, it's worth thinking about. Anyways, All right. It's at the, at the very least, we'll see. Getting Ken get... out of his basement in Ankeny is already different. Well, I'm surprised I'm going this weekend. Right. I'll be real honest with you. 30,000 Cardinal and Gold Cyclone fans on the strip in Las Vegas. Reading Twitter this morning, Petey said the airport's just jammed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we tried to get him today. He's in the air. I mean, we, we struck out on Cyclone guests here today, but it's a busy travel day for a lot of them. Trent, Las Vegas is going to be overwhelmed with Iowa State fans. It's going to be, I mean, I can't wait to see it. You know, it's going to be like a bowl game. It really is. There's something about a bowl game that is just so fun, that part of it. Good point. Where you look around and you're in the most random of locations. And hey, there's a fan of the same team. And Mm -hmm. you let out a Go Clones, a Go Hawks, wherever it is. There's something about that that just makes the bowl experience. And for this, a regular season experience, it's like a bowl game. Just second to none. My, uh... My sister-in-law, who you know, Tracy, yeah. her and my brother Jamie were out in Vegas last week, and they're big Cyclone fans. She graduated from Iowa State. 
Talk about timing. What are you guys doing out there a week before? Really? We're probably easier to get a flight a week before out of Des Moines, <laughs> absolutely, uh, than it was this week. My gosh, um, it, I mean, it was—it's impossible to get uh, to Las Vegas, and or if you can, I mean, bring a fresh set of money because it's going to be expensive uh, for your plane ticket. So, Joel Donald in five minutes or so. Uh, Stephen M. Sipple, Lincoln Journal Star, Huskers, Oklahoma this week. Winning we'll streak. Sip. They are there. They've won two in a row. Look out. Uh, we'll hear from Sip at 10.30, Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports in his regular spot, and then Bill Bender, Trent, and I will talk college football at 11.25. Of course, Bill works for, writes for the Sporting News. He was in the shoe last weekend uh, to see Oregon lay one on the Buckeyes and really f- uh, strike the first blow into the college football uh, upper-level upset pantheon, or if you will. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk to Bill Bender coming up at 11.25. So last night was um, kind of... You know what I ended up watching last night? And I'm glad I did. And I didn't Swampy get through people. it. No, I didn't watch... Troy had a great tweet <laughs> to us last night. Yeah. I watched the 86 Mets, the 30 for That's 30. Did, have you seen it? I've seen the first three parts. Okay, uh, so I'm only in the, at, almost at the end of part two. How about Lenny Dykstra? He is nuts. Trent, you can't understand the word he's saying. Yeah, he needed the... Closed captioning right underneath to understand what he was saying. I mean, and this guy, if you remember Lenny Dykstra, the player, you you seldom saw Lenny Dykstra without the biggest mouthful of backer. Oh yeah, I mean, maybe there was chewing gum involved in it as well. I don't think but so. But just, I mean, completely, his mouth was full of not um, the stuff in the tin, right. the leaf stuff, right? The Red Man, the Levi Garrett, those type of things. Um, but you can't understand a word he says, but here's one thing that I didn't know about, and, and it's, it's neither here nor there. Why the colors were chosen? Did you hear that in episode number one? I did. So, of course, you had the Brooklyn Dodgers uh-huh. that left. You had the, the New York Giants yep. that left, and they took the blue and orange from each of those teams. I, I had no idea that I'd that was behind I never put two and two together either. Right? Yeah. Because they have, if you weren't a fan of the Yankees, you were a fan of one of the other two back in the, you know, when did they leave? Late, I think. 50s? 58? Yeah. When I was, the year I was born, they both left. Um, but I didn't have any idea. So it's a little stuff like this that floats my boat. You Same know? thing. You know, wow, I didn't know that type of thing. But it's a really good, it's a really good watch, mm-hmm. isn't it? It's a, a very fun throwback for people mm-hmm. my age, your age, going back in that time of the 80s. And many people consider it the most fun mm. decade that was out there. Yeah. And New York City getting kind of the backdrop of that and everything that happened. Boy, they cut a wide it. swath, didn't they? Yes. Holy mackerel. Doc Gooden, <laughs> just how good he it trend was. It's unbelievable. I mean, he was he, what he what could have been, right? Absolutely. What might have yeah. been. He was good, but he could have been so much better had he stayed off the marching powder, which was just everywhere in New yeah. York City in that time. I guess. Uh, anyways, it's a good watch. But the baseball, look, the Cardinals, they keep taking care of business. Speaking of those Mets, uh, everybody in the American League East held serve. They all won. Yankees, Red Sox, Jays. Um, this down the stretch base, and I love September baseball. Mm-hmm. I love baseball all season long, but September there's just something about it. Um, watching scoreboard, watching, and man, it's fun, isn't it? Robbie Ray, trying to strike a thirteen. Do we need to start putting him at the top ahead of for the Cy Young? Well, I mean, I know Garrett Cole, but Garrett Cole's been banged up. Yeah. It's between those two. Because Ray's going to get to 200 innings pitch or lace mm-hmm. right upon it. Mm-hmm. And how much money is he going to make in the offseason? Oh. I don't know how Jays are going to keep him and, and Marcus Simeon because they've both had career How old is Robbie year. Ray? You know what? I have no idea. Let me pull up 29? Yeah, 29. Turns 30 in October. October okay. 1st, he'll turn 30. 
Yeah, he's going to break the Ooh, bank. Lefty, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. My God. He'll break the bank. Simeon will break the bank. Um, and the Cubs think that they're getting... Well, maybe Cappy, was it two weeks ago, he said that uh, Robbie Ray's a Cubs target at some point. And if you're a Cubs fan, you'd sign for that in a heartbeat. How about John Lester? For speaking of lefties, that well, this his case, former Cub, plus one fifty. <laughs> That's how you think. Another John winning day yesterday. You are on a roll, dude. I mean, your football picks have been unbelievable. We'll just try to baseball stay high because I know the It'll other come. will drop. Yes, It'll it will. come, and when it does, and it you goes figure how the hell yes. am I ever going to win again? Because of course, when I'm going through a hot streak like I have here, or the last two three weeks. Oh, all right. Why don't I take my five dollar bets and why don't I make yeah, them ten? Right. And then when you're having these losing streaks, mm-hmm. why am I even betting five dollars? Why am I just wasting money? I, I can't see anything right. Uh, gambling's fun. I was gonna push. I was gonna push this team. Uh, Maybe I should just push this team. I had I this on my list. Right I didn't hit that one. Mm-hmm. You just you can't see it. Mm-hmm. We're seeing it well. And tomorrow, try to hand out five more winners. Well, uh, look, I look forward to. I guess I won't hear it because I'll be, I'll be gone. So I'll leave you. I'll my send it to you. Before I, yeah, why don't you see yeah. if you, if we'll you have time? Them post them on Twitter. I know you're busy on Fridays with your high school commitment. Now this week you're at uh, you're at Drake Stadium, Roosevelt Urbandale. Yeah, Roosevelt Urbandale, Roosevelt three and zero. Of course, on the season, the mm-hmm. defense has been outstanding. Jamison Patton. Uh, watching a, a little bit of breakdown from him this week in a couple of uh, pieces. His and he has film. an Iowa State offer, correct? And an Iowa offer. And he does have an Iowa offer, yes. too? Okay. Now, I've heard people say probably not as a quarterback, uh-huh. more as an athlete, you know, find a spot for him kind of thing, but he is just so dynamic. Uh, offensive line, it's not an elite offensive line for Roosevelt, but he makes so many plays. Mm-hmm. Teams try to keep him in the I pocket. I watched them uh, when, when WHO, when mm-hmm. Murph and Cerency had them against, uh, what was it, Waukee? Waukee, yep. Yeah. Couple, not last weekend, the week before, was it? Yep, week two. Week two. Um, so, yeah, I, I saw Roosevelt play. Murph's kid plays on that team. He does. A defensive uh, end? Yeah, and uh, Murph said to me uh, a couple weeks back that the coaches said, because this is, I believe, Collins. Collins correct? Yeah, Collins' yeah. first year out for football. At the varsity level, or at the high school level, and said, boy, if he just had one more year, if he just had one more year, they, they think he would have a chance to be really, really good. Really? Just add a little bit of weight to him, because he's not yeah. the biggest no, guy out there. No, he's not. No, he's not. Dad's not. No, not at all. But uh, yeah, he's been fun to watch, so I'll be able to see him. Really excited for it. And uh, it's always good to go out to Drake Stadium and call yeah. a game. And it's better in late October because, <laughs> because the press box is is roomy. Yes. And there's uh, there's room and there's heat and uh, for those reasons. So good stuff. All right, Joe O'Donnell coming up momentarily. Uh, we'll speak with Joe. Look forward to catching up with him. Uh, the new voice of the Minnesota Wild. Uh, good things happen to good people in this case. Uh, he's going to do every single one of the road games and about half of the home games. We will find out exactly what that entails when we hook up. Uh, uh, with Joe O'Donnell coming up here in just a minute or two. Like Trent did, I, I pulled up the wild schedule as well. But for a different reason, I wanted to see when they were going to my hometown, just uh, make sure he packs his uh, <laughs> packs his winter coat. They're there in late December, actually my birthday, 27th, and then uh, early January. So back-to-back, really cold days in Winnipeg. But that won't affect Joe. He's just glad to be doing it. Uh, we'll get him in just a second. Let's get John. He wants to chime in. We're happy to hear from you. John, what's on your mind? Yeah, great show, guys. I, I, I've i kind of been able to reflect on this Iowa State game from last week. As an Iowa State grad with the end season ticket holder, although I'm not going to Las Vegas. You're the one. But Yeah, but I wanted to... Uh, little reflection on that game. You know, had Iowa State 
played in Alabama and been just absolutely outmanned, I probably feel a lot differently than I do about this game. Again, I'm not making any excuses. I give Iowa complete credit. They won the bat. They won the football game. But you know that is a game that you and I both know. If you did replay it, and Iowa State doesn't have the turnovers, that could be a completely different ball game. So yeah. if you take away the thing that Iowa is one of the best in the country at the last five years, then Iowa State maybe has a shot. Yeah, look at turnovers. Yeah. Turnovers are a major, major thing. There's, these are two really good defenses. Um, Iowa State's offense is struggled against two really good defenses. Because you and I's got a good defense, John. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's a good defense. Look, they're going to get well this week. They're going to get right this week. I still want them to develop. They, they've got to come up with somebody not named Hutchinson or Kohler. They need that in the worst way. John, i got to let you go. we got to get to Joe O'Donnell. Yeah. Appreciate the call and appreciate you listening. Uh, Joe O'Donnell. Let's go to him. Wild Joe Radio on Twitter. He is, and what a great Twitter name. You yeah, must have seen this coming. It. Doesn't have to change it. He's the new voice, the radio voice of the Minnesota Wild. He's going to call 60-something games. KFAN, the flagship up there. Hello, Joe. Congratulations. How are you? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me, as always. No, listen, man, we appreciate you coming on. Look forward to talking to you in the playoffs. If you guys uh, get that far, it'll be a great resource for our program uh, as you get up to the show. Well, Joe, um, when did – I know that you've been asked to fill in. Uh, you, were, you were about to go on – or maybe you were in the midst of a roadie when the pandemic shut it down last year or two years ago. Um, so you'd you'd had opportunities to I'll use the word audition. I don't know if that was what it was, but when did you know that there was significant interest on Minnesota's part uh, that maybe uh, you might be the guy that they offer? When did, how did this come about? When did it start? Uh, probably about the middle towards the late part of July. Uh, I had a good conversation with Mitch Helgerson, who's uh, one of the VPs up here, and I've known him. For a while, and he told me that uh, you know Bob was going to scale back, which Bob Kurtz, the longtime radio voice of the Wild uh, in Minnesota, which a lot of people knew, he didn't want to travel anymore. Uh, he said Bob wants to, you know, still do some games, but not that many, and you know we're not going to we're not going to rotate anymore. Like you're the guy if Bob's not doing a game. So that was an outstanding uh, meeting or phone call, whatever you want to call it. I wasn't really necessarily expecting it, you know. Um, but then over the last few weeks, just kind of talking things out and seeing what worked and, uh, became really official last Friday. And then the announcement today, um, it's just been awesome guys, to be honest, the amount of people I've talked to that I reached out to personally that have helped me along the way, mentors, colleagues, friends, family, um, and just to, to talk to some of those folks and hear their excitement, Mm -hmm. Um, for the fact that I've kind of quote unquote made it, yep. you know, makes it that much more rewarding. Joe, take us through the path. You started as a broadcaster 2003 in Idaho. You were Houston, of course, before it became the Iowa Wild and, and toiling down in the minors for the time that you did, getting this shot, getting to this level, just what kind of grind it is. I'm sure there's broadcasters, people that have that hope to get there one day. Bus rides. What would you tell them? Just the grind, what it takes to get to the ultimate level to get to the show. Well, you got to get a break. You got to have people in your corner. Um, you know, I've seen guys that have gone right from the ECHL, which is double A league, to the NHL. I've seen guys work in the American League a year or two and get an opportunity. And I've, I've known guys that have come and gone that just couldn't stick it out for whatever reason. Uh, never doubt that for 
you know, any of the decisions they've made. I've just been fortunate enough to have such great support um, from my family, from the Wild organization that allowed me to just continue to kind of stay with things and and not get out of the industry, you know. I never really had a fallback plan, though. That's probably <laughs> why I kept, kept returning every year. But, uh, I mean, from taking the, the train in Center City, Philadelphia, when I was working an 8-to-5 job, um, down to Phantoms games and just writing for our local website and local magazine to getting an internship with the Reading Royals and driving up there after my bill collection job, you know, <laughs> hours had run up and, yeah. and filling in for their broadcaster or running their press box uh, to the call I got, you know, from the team president with the Idaho Steelheads, Eric Trapp, and said, hey, you know, can you get on a plane in the next six days and get up here to Boise, Idaho, which, you know, mm. being a kid from the Burbs of Philly, I didn't, I had to look at a map. Uh, I didn't know where Boise was. So, um, you know, great years in Boise, met some great people, and really got, I feel like, a foundation for how the industry worked. You know, the fact that you had to sell tickets or corporate advertising if you wanted to be valuable enough to the organization. Um, then I went to Houston for five years, had some great seasons there. I got to call the Calder Cup Finals in 2011 uh, and just met some of these players that are still in Minnesota now today. And then obviously Iowa guys, like, we love it. Um, it's going to be hard to leave when our family eventually moves. So we love the schools. We love the people. Uh, the city's great. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously folks like yourself. So it's, uh, it's definitely, you know, awesome. Um, a little bittersweet because we'll be leaving Des Moines, but I'm really excited for the opportunity, and it's kind of surreal still, a little bit, to be honest. Mm, so well-deserved. So I know that you thought about this at some point. Joe, you're going to call a game at Madison Square Garden, for crying <laughs> yeah. out loud. Um, what, is that is that the one building? Where do you look forward to, go, to being on the road? Because you're going to do all of the road games. Where do you want to see a game and call a game that you haven't had an opportunity to do so yet? Well, MSG's on the list for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just on KFAN earlier. I mentioned I've never been to Nashville, which is supposed to be a mm-hmm. great town. Um, Montreal. Oh, my God. Toronto. Montreal is unbelievable, Joe. You know, and it's just there's so many spots, Kenny, along the way, going to Detroit, Chicago. Mm-hmm. But obviously for me, to call a game in Philadelphia in March this year, or, you know, March of 2022, uh, when the Wild go through to play the Flyers, it's going to be – That'll probably be a hard one for me. Mm. Um, you know, growing up outside of Philly for 25 years before I moved to Boise, so still go back as much as I can for Christmas and and in the summer. But um, that'll be that'll be a special one. Yeah, I, I know you travel because we see the cheesesteaks that you consume, you and your family, when you get home <laughs> for the summer. I noticed you didn't yeah. mention Winnipeg. <laughs> and I'm not there. surprised. I've been there. I know you have. Kenny, I, lo- I love the peg. Do you really? You and I have talked about this. Yeah. I love it up there. Yeah. The Fairmont Hotel. It's nice, isn't the it? Tunnel, the MTS place. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, and listen, I'm going to miss some of the spots in the American Hockey League. I love going to Milwaukee. They have great places to eat and have a couple beers. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, San Diego, another great spot um, on the AHL circuit down to Austin, Texas. So, you know, I'll miss some of the camaraderie, the stuff that I would get in the minor leagues that I certainly um, don't anticipate occurring in the NHL. I mean, you just come, become so close with the staff and the players at the minor league level, riding the buses, getting in at 3 in the morning. It's a grind, but you build some friendships and some memories that uh, you know probably won't you know be the same. But to get to the NHL, man, that's what it's all about. I'm really grateful for the opportunity. Bob Kurtz is winding down his career, and for Minnesota to take a chance on me, 
um, just very grateful. On top of it, you get a plum job. You get one of the best jobs in the league, the state of hockey, yeah. just the involvement of the state as a whole, Minneapolis-St. Paul. You know, Getting that kind of job and knowing the importance of hockey, that's got to be a big piece of this too. Now how are we going to get this organization over the hump? You look at the 20 years since uh, Minnesota's had a team back. You've had, what, Anaheim, Ottawa's been in the finals, on and on and on. When are we going to get the state of hockey in the, in the Stanley Cup finals? I hope it's coming. I mean, I really believe in what Bill Guerin has been building here. Mm-hmm. Um, he's made some drastic moves. He's made some controversial moves, but they've all had uh, a lot of gumption behind them. And, uh, you know, let's get Kirill Kaprizov signed, 97, mm-hmm. back in the, in the, in the uh, Minnesota Colors. And I think this team's got a good chance to really continue to build the prospect pipeline it's as deep as it's been in a long time. And I know because I've been here for you know, coming up on 14 seasons. So uh, the Matt Boldies, the Marco Rossis, the Kaitlin Addisons, uh, the Brandon Duhames and Connor Dewars of the world, guys at Mason Shaw, these guys are all knocking on the NHL doorstep. And with the cap situation Minnesota's going to be in in the next couple of years, they're going to need them not only to play but to produce. So, I think it's really exciting for Iowa Wild fans to have you know kind of know they're going to see the future of Minnesota, and I think at the same time this team's heading the right direction. Uh, and one of the reasons, guys, I've always wanted to be in radio as much as TV has the glamour. You're probably more well known, and you probably, you know, you quite frankly get maybe more opportunities or make more money or what have you. And uh, in, the, in the Stanley Cup Finals, the TV guys are on the sidelines yep. unless you're doing a national Great game. Point. Um, and I would never for the life of me, want to call, you know, years of a NHL team or 80 games in a regular season, you get all the way to June hockey, and then you're watching from the press box. Mm-hmm. Like, that That would kill me. So um, that's kind of always why I've stuck it out on radio, to be honest, and, and not explored TV as much. But um, I'm looking forward to calling some Stanley Cup playoff games for sure. And I haven't called a game at Excel Energy Center yet with full capacity. Mm-hmm. You know, I've done road games to fill in or games off the monitor last year during the pandemic. Uh, when everything was remote. So I can't wait to see 18,000-plus uh, at Excel and that place rocking, and I'm looking forward to those experiences. Joe, uh, of course, January 1st, the Winter Classic is at Target Field this year. The Blues and the Wild will play outdoors. Do you know, will that be Kurtz or will that be O'Donnell? That's yeah, Bob Kurtz. And okay. I don't blame him for wanting that one. And I can't blame uh, him either. But I'll, I'm looking forward to being there, you know, in some capacity or even just taking it in from the press box or what have you. Uh, that'll be a great moment for the entire organization. But uh, Bob certainly was allowed to pick the 20 games he wanted to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, he sent me the list yesterday. I circled the ones he's not doing, add them to my calendar, and uh, just really excited, man. Listen, we're really excited for you, Joe. We're going to miss you, but at the same time, you've uh, realized a dream, uh, and we are all so happy for you. You've got a lot of fans rooting for you back here in central Iowa, uh, wild fans, uh, media fans. Uh, you made an impact in, uh, in our wonderful city of Des Moines, uh, Joe O'Donnell. Congratulations, heartfelt congratulations from Trent and I, um, and we'll talk to you down the road. All right, Joe? Yeah, thanks, guys. I mean, KXNO has been such a great partner to us. Um, the Wild fan base, season ticket holders, all all you guys at KXNO, the TV folks, I mean, made an impact on my family as well. And um, certainly love you guys, and this isn't certainly goodbye. Hope to talk to you guys down the line, and really appreciate you helping grow the brand and the Iowa Wild game and, and the sport of hockey as a whole. So we love Des Moines, and... Um, the feeling's mutual. Good to talk to you, Joe. Congratulations again. All we'll right. talk soon. Thanks, guys. See you, bud.
Joe O'Donnell, new voice of the Minnesota Wild. Good for him. That's great. That's a good person. It's crazy, though, right? I mean, people that don't aren't from here don't mm-hmm. get Des Moines. No, absolutely. It gets to you. Mm-hmm. It really does. Something about this place. 1025. Miller and Condon. Way to go, Joe O'Donnell. Uh, you will do very, very well. Miller and Condon will be back uh, with Stephen M. Sipple from the Lincoln Journal Star. It's the Huskers and the Sooners. Kind of a throwback. Hope the game's good. Will it be? It could be. It's three touchdowns. What, 22? 22 and a half. 22 and a half. I'd be grabbing the points. They're going to score against Oklahoma. You've been on Nebraska all season long. I looked at their schedule. I can get them to six. You can get them to six, see? But you know there's a game, Trent, that you know is way better than I think anybody thought? Michigan State. Sparty's sneaky good. We'll see this weekend against Miami. They absolutely will. Miami was hair on fire to beat Appy State. I know they were. And they get points in that game. Sparty can run the football. That Wake Forest transfer, that dude is yeah, good. I know it. He's been he's been a big pickup for that team. They have to they have to go on the road now that they fell to Illinois. And boy, did we overreact to that game. But we had nothing else to do. Exactly. It was week zero. <laughs> it was week zero. It's ten twenty five. Miller and Condon. Simple next. Uh Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports, ten forty five, ten fifty ish. We're here until noon. Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty KX and Hello Memory sent you. It's time for Sip. <laughs> Stephen M. Sipple from the Lincoln Journal Star talks with myself and Ken on Nebraska football. I mean, I have a radio show. We have callers. I pay attention to my Twitter notifications and all that. There's definitely some frustration. We talk corn huskers, and you never know what else is going to come up. With 30 years on the Nebraska beat, here's Stephen M. Sipple. As long as they're paying me to talk, I'm just going to keep doing it. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. It's Oklahoma. It's Nebraska. Boy, oh boy, there's been some history amongst those two schools. And Stephen M. Sipple will be there for the game. But before that... He's got a uh, duel. We always joke about Sip going out and meeting with the people of Nebraska. How about this today? He's going to Fremont to a Mexican restaurant for a conversation uh-huh. and then meet with the Shriners in Omaha tonight. Sip, man, what a gig you have. Your bosses have to love that, huh? Oh, yeah, they just love that. I'm never in the office. Um, <laughs> they, I always think about what if, what if Nebraska was winning? What would it oh, what my would God. Yeah. Circuit be like? Yeah. I was thinking about the Alabama riders. What do you do? Just go up? And tell everybody how great Alabama is every week and cash them checks. That would be a pretty easy life. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming it hasn't been all seashells and balloons over the last couple of years going on the road and having to answer the questions that I'm sure get posed to you. Well, Sip, uh, great to talk to you, and we appreciate We love this segment each and every week. Before we get into Oklahoma and Nebraska, I'm, we, we do this with you every, uh, every week. Kind of get your lay of the land. What have you seen so far? Uh, in the in, in the uh, Big Ten, Trent and I were speaking earlier. Uh, Michigan State looks as though they're better than a lot of people thought were going to be. Of course, we'll see Purdue Notre Dame this week. But uh, your state of the your your thoughts on the state of the Big Ten uh, this uh, this uh, um, you know after two weeks. Well, what are my thoughts? Um, how about those Hawkeyes? Yeah, that's, that's, I mean that's probably Oof. my biggest thought. Yeah, and, and I, I saw a stat the other day, and uh, Mike is it Halas? Yeah, Halas, yeah. Yeah, he in the Gazette that he it's not just the recent phenomenon that Iowa is intercepting passes where they have six in the first two games. They have seventy since the start of the two seventeen season. Mm. 
um, 70 picks. I mean, that's 30 more than Nebraska, okay? Now, think about that. Yeah. 30 more than the than their Western Conference rival. Um, no, it makes a big – it does make a big impression on me what I was doing. I mean, it, it, it has to. Um, so that that's the number one thing, that we're talking about Iowa being the best team in the Big Ten, perhaps, or at least off to the best start, for sure. Uh, and, and then, of course, Oregon going and doing what Ohio State – or go, Oregon going to do what it did against Ohio State, which is some people sort of saw this coming, I would say. I, not me. I'm not going to take any credit for that. But a lot of people talked – they wondered about Ohio State, particularly on defense. And now Ryan Day has some pressure on him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I heard he was asked yesterday – if he's going to if he's going to be more involved in the defense, it's a good question. It's a predictable question, but a good question. And that, there's some pressure on him. I remember when Ryan Day was introduced, guys, and I was really struck by something that I saw on that day. That when Ryan Day was introduced as the head coach there, Gene Smith, right in front of everybody at the introductory press conference, put his shoulder on Ryan and, and said, you know, Ryan, uh, this is his boss. He said, you know, Ryan, we expect to win them all here. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, come on. But they do. That's, that's Ohio State. So now there's some there, now there's some kind of big-time pressure on him. Um, what else has made an impression on me? Um, you mentioned Michigan State. I mean, I have a Lindy's Magazine in front of me that has Michigan State picked or ranked, I guess, ranked 14th out of 14 teams in the Big Ten. Um, they're, that was not right. I mean, they're clearly not the the 14th best team in the Big Ten. Um, they're, I, in fact, I don't know if you guys ever have Pete Butak on. He's mm-hmm. a pretty good yep. college football predictor. That I, I, I read him all the time. And he picks Michigan State to go to Miami and win. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, no, I, no, I don't think anybody would at this point. Michigan State you know, they, Kenneth Walker has been somewhat of a revelation, yeah. right? Wake yeah. Forest running back, and there. And we said, I think I said on your show, that they're, Michigan State's good up front on defense. They're probably a little better up front on offense than I thought they would be. Um, Northwestern, their level of struggle is surprising to me. And then the final thing I'd say, because I know we have limited time wise, I did watch Wisconsin Eastern Michigan the replay, and I am really struck by Wisconsin's defense. That that they held Eastern Michigan to three first downs Jeez. to ninety two total yards. Yeah, three first downs Jesus. to ninety two total yards. Oh yeah, that's a they they are inspiring to watch play defense. That is a rugged, tough, well schooled unit. And I you know I haven't seen Iowa. I imagine Iowa isn't too far behind in that mm-hmm. conversation. So those are the things that have made the biggest impression on me. It's Oklahoma, Nebraska this weekend. For me, somebody in their 40s, I remember the games, Thanksgiving weekend, right mm. before. It just, there's something about that game for us here in the Midwest that it was important. Of course, the formation of the Big 12, the two divisions, and they were split up. So, had a couple of years where they didn't play during the regular season. They didn't have that last game. Colorado took that in for Nebraska, uh, their final matchup of the year. Just take us through some of your memories of this matchup. And during the time that you've been on the beat, we've seen. Oklahoma have some real lows. Nebraska have some lows there. Not the rivalry, not the greatest game of the century, 1971, but still just an incredible rivalry. It is an incredible rivalry. Um, I don't know exactly even where to start the conversation. Uh, when It's interesting. 
um, Trent, when I began covering it, and Kenny will remember this because it's possible Kenny was in Lincoln at this time. I don't know. Um, when I first started covering it, Oklahoma was in a downside. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm talking about 94. That's when I was there. 95. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 94, 95. Now, remember, that was Oklahoma was going through then what kind of Nebraska is going through now. I think if you have to look at, you'd have to look, you'd have to Google it, but. 92 to 98 is what I remember that they weren't, or 93, 94 to 98. They were in, you know, they had a 500, they had a, they had a, they had a couple or three sub 500 seasons under John Blake. And, you know, Frost, when, let's put it this way, when Frost was the quarterback, guys, Nebraska, if I remember right, put 73 on him one year on Oklahoma, 73 to 21 is the score. If I, I, I'd be shocked if I'm wrong. 73 to 21 one year and 69 to 7 the other. So I was, there was a period where it wasn't, you didn't, you know, it wasn't really covering a rivalry at that point. It didn't feel like. Um, 2010 was a game a lot of people are talking about here because it's the last time they played. Um, there, that was the last, Nebraska's last year in the Big 12, and Oklahoma made an incredible comeback down 17 to 0 in the Big uh, 12 title game. But yeah, I mean, it's, I don't want to, like I don't get overly nostalgic at this at this point, guys, because it's been a long time since it's it's been a long time since they played every year. You know uh, mm-hmm. that went away in '96, right? So that's a long time ago. Yeah. Um, that's a lot of water under the bridge. Now I will say this: a game like this, a lot of great players from those teams get together. Mm. Not so much to celebrate this game but to celebrate being back together i think that part's important these guys there's a lot of great players going to be together from both teams in norman this weekend joe washington's having a a party Uh, the ou alumni association's having one where there'll be nebraska guys at so it's uh there's a lot that kind of goes into that conversation but i'm Truthfully, I've kind of moved past it. I'm ready kind of for this game. Sip, uh, this might be a better question for uh, for next week after you've seen Spencer Rattler in person. But when you watch what yeah. you've seen so far, like this is apparently going to be the first pick in next year's draft. It, I'm not I, – I, I mean, I, clearly I see the talent there, but I'm not over the moon yet. Subject to change on, on Spencer Rattler. When you watch him, what do you see? Oh, he's very, I mean, he's very dynamic. He's very charismatic. He's, um, he's, he's got a lot of gusto. I like that in a, in a, in a quarterback. He's a, he'll, he'll take some risks, which I don't even mind. Um, but he's not, I don't, I'm kind of like you. And I, and we're not alone in this. I heard Matt Stinchcomb, you know, he's a, I think he's an SEC network, um, analyst and he, he, Somebody asked him about Rattler being the leading Heisman uh, Trophy candidate right now, and he said, no, I, I don't look at him that way. I probably haven't seen enough of him to judge. In fact, when I saw him early last year, he was struggling. Right. He, I think he threw five interceptions in the first few games and then toned it down uh, because he had to because Lincoln Riley put him on the bench. Um, and he did tone it down, and he, and he got – he was more responsible with the ball, but he threw two picks against Tulane. Um, you, I'm with you on this. I'm a little surprised at sort of the run he gets. Um, but, but as you said, that conversation can change mm-hmm. as the season goes. 
Stephen M. Sippel, Lincoln Journal Star. Sip, uh, look forward to your coverage. Um, 11 o'clock kick. Oklahoma hosting Nebraska. Sip, great stuff. We will talk with you uh, next week. Appreciate you coming on. Thank you, Stephen M. Thank you, guys. Take care. Good to talk to you. Stephen M. Sippel, Lincoln Journal Star. It's Oklahoma, and it's Nebraska, and it's 22 and a half points. You get a phone call from a Rotary Club that wants you to come and talk at a Mexican <laughs> restaurant. Ken, you taking that phone call? No. <laughs> What's the price? It's too high for them. 500 No, you know what? There's one. I, I don't want to do it. 10000 No, Well, maybe. <laughs> right. Everything's got its price, right? right. Look, these guys do it all the time. Mm-hmm. Nebraska. But Sip made a great point. Can you imagine being a beat writer for a team that's actually good, right? The Alabama guys. They go from one to the other. Ka-ching, ka-ching. Oh, my God. Good life. It is. Waistline, maybe not so good. Right. Eating at all those places. Anyways, Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports. He will join us next. He's got a handful of games going to help us out with, and then his game of the week. We're with you until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.0. Res clean. Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Let's get right to our friend Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com. Uh, busy week in college football. Boy, some big, big games on the docket. NFL enters week number two. Lee Sterling is back with us. Lee Trenton, Ken, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. How can you not be good? I mean, the NFL, they couldn't have scripted it any better really? than last week. I know. You had the big Iowa, Iowa State game, but... They started off with Tampa Bay and Dallas, great game. The two big games in the NFL on Sunday, the Kansas City and Cleveland game, and then also the uh, the other big game that that everyone was talking about. That you know, it was a shocker with Pittsburgh upsets mm-hmm. Buffalo, and then Monday night overtime. They couldn't have scripted a better ending. Could not have. It was as good as you're going to find, and we're looking forward to another great. Week of football, Lee got five games for us. Let's dig right in. Boise State on the blue turf. They welcome in Oklahoma State. Certainly happy they got a Big 12 school making their way up to Idaho. What do you see with the Broncos favored by four in the hook? Okay, so the first game of the year, Boise, they had really game-planned well for Central Florida, and they were dominating that game. Just couldn't finish. Give credit to Central Florida. And I, I think that Boise really learned from that. And I don't watch too many press conferences, but I found one where Hank Bachmeyer was talking about his relationship with Andy Avalos. Seems like he really has a comfort zone there. So I expect him to keep getting better. He's not injured for once. And wide receiver Khalil Shakir is almost unguardable here. This Oklahoma State, you think of offense? They just don't have any players. They don't have any playmakers anymore. I don't know what's going on. This is a tough road trip here for a punchless Cowboy team. I like Boise, 30-20. to 20. Mm, How about that? Yep. Uh, well, let's stay in, uh, with an Oklahoma-based team. Of course, the Sooners, you find them in Norman, and here comes Nebraska as we turn the clock back a little bit. But Oklahoma's a 22-and-a-half-point favorite, Lee. Yeah, uh, Oklahoma was probably a little overconfident in the season opener against Tulane. Figured Tulane was running around, moving from place to place before the game, getting to play the game at home. Um, they worked off the rust last week. Lincoln Riley, the head coach, and quarterback Spencer Rattler, a really good pilot and co-pilot. The defense, uh, I think, will be pumped for this game. And Adrian Martinez, um, even though he's looked better the last couple weeks, probably he's going to turn the ball over a couple times fumbling or throwing the ball. So uh, Nebraska also 
eight and fourteen against the spread the last twenty two games, and they've lost thirteen straight versus ranked opponents here. When you have a hurry up offense, you have a chance to cover big spreads. I like the Sooners here, forty nine. 21 over the Cornhuskers. Iowa State off a loss. They and 30,000 of their closest friends make their way to Vegas to take on just a brutal running Rebel team. Huge number, 30 and a half home field advantage. Well, I don't know what you do with this with so many Cyclone fans anticipated in the building. What do you see with the big number, Lee? Well, let's hope I remember, I don't know if you guys remember this, there was a time, I think it was Wisconsin was playing them and the lights went out uh-huh. in the old stadium there. Uh, also drank so, about uh, a beer. Yeah, yeah, it was one of the craziest endings, and it was not, they had not played 55 minutes, so the game wasn't final. All the Wisconsin Badger betters uh, couldn't cash a ticket. Oh my. But um, here, here's the problem. If you want to lay a big, big spread here, something's wrong with Iowa State. I'm watching this team, and they're just not dominating the line of scrimmage. Brock Purdy doesn't look like himself. Uh, the weapons down the field, and UNLV's bad. But they have a couple quarterbacks that run around a little bit. They're going to slow the game down. They're not going to snap the ball with 15, 20 seconds to go. I think 32 points is just probably a little heavy here. I think Iowa State wins this game something like 40 to 16, but I'm going to take the 32 points here in the running reps. Well, the Golden Flashes are coming to Iowa City to take on the unbeaten Hawks, who certainly their defense is creating a lot of chatter throughout college football. I was a 22-and-a-half-point favorite over Kent State. Yeah, usually solid defense stays with you, and I think they'll continue on that trend here. And then I think they're going to open up the offense. they got to see what they have there. Um, they dominated the line of scrimmage uh, this year so far. This is the first meeting between these two teams since 2004, so no real history. But I did watch the Kent State game against Texas A&M, and they were plus three in turnover ratio and still lost uh, 41-10 here. Uh, Kent is raking in absolutely the cash here. $1.9 million they got for the A&M game, $1.85 million here. Enjoy the, the, the bus ride home, boys. I like Iowa, 45-14. 45-14, and uh, that would go over the total along with it. We finish up in the NFL, Kansas City. Comeback victory against the Browns. The Ravens let one get away against the Raiders. Three is the number in Baltimore. Yeah, what we're seeing here is looks like Andy Reid is game planning uh, in the offseason for the first four or five opponents. He had a tough start against Cleveland here against Baltimore. So I, I think he'll have a game plan ready. The Ravens' secondary just does not look good. They've got one guy uh, who's a next-level player. The rest of the guys looked dizzy trying to guard the Raiders. It's going to be even tougher against Kansas City. And then uh, on top of that, um, Kansas City's defense is going to get a nice boost return of a honey badger, he'll be back, their best pass rusher, Frank Clark. So uh, you talk about statistics, and this is one of the craziest stats that I've ever seen. Patrick Mahomes' career in September, 11-0 and with 35 touchdowns and zero hmm. interceptions here. It continues. I, I like uh, Kansas City. They win and cover 35-24. Well, your game of the week, and it's certainly big for our friends in Cincinnati. Bearcats have an opportunity to, you know, to open some eyes maybe with the playoff committee, Indiana. Then they get a bye before Notre Dame. Indiana's uh, not the same team. I don't think that we saw last year. But if our listeners want more information on your game of the week, Lee Sterling, what do they do? So big. Indiana needs to turn it around after a slow start. 
Cincinnati looking to run the table and be the first uh, non-Power 5 team to get into the Final Four. They've got to do it this week, then in two weeks against Notre Dame, and then two weeks after that uh, they'll have Central Florida. So this is the first of a three-team, three-game leg here. You want to find out if they can win and cover? Just call 800-400-9741. Game is free. What a week last week. We hit our 50-unit max wager play with the Carolina Panthers. We're now 53-18 and 18 on these plays on our max wagers over the last 15 years. You want to hop on board? We have another 40-50-unit to 50 unit play going on Saturday. So here's how you do it. Normally, for two weeks of our phone service, $300. Use coupon code SAVE150. Everyone loves a 50% off sale. Coupon code SAVE150, just $150 for two weeks of our phone service. And also, the UFC comes back on Saturday. We have two, first time ever, two 50-unit wagers there. So we're ready to roll. ParamountSports.com or call 800-400-9741. Talk to you next week, Lee. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Yep, good to talk to you. Uh, that's not in Vegas, the UFC, this weekend, is it? Can you imagine? Oh, my God. Uh, the iHeart Music Awards. Right. 30,000 Cyclone fans. There's also a huge, like... Convention? Convention that's happening. Really? I remember hearing that this summer. I know hotel rooms were tough to find. Yeah. I mean, and when you found them... You got one, though. I did. Uh, <laughs> not cheap. Pricey, no, I'll say. Uh, hour two coming up next. Miller and Con in 1460 and 106.3 FM.